sometime in the 21st century. This is the Star Trek Discovery Pod, a sometimes funny, rarely ever smart podcast covering Whoa. all things new and classic Trek. <laughs> I'm your Malbec drinking captain this evening, Mariah Gossett. With me on the view screen, we have... Clyde Haynes, yo, you gotta be some type of G to let your man get a call from his ex and be like, yeah, go holla, go see what she needs. Nah, man, dead that. <laughs> Clyde Haynes, thank you. And? And, and Paul. Paul Sitachit. Hi, Paul. <laughs> hey. I'm not even gonna try today, this week. I'm not even gonna try. I, I got nothing. No puns. Got, no no pun, pun trials. No. All right. Card loving Paul. It doesn't work. It, it sounds <laughs> terrible. It, it just... Oh. Pacall, patron Paul. Yes. Pacall, Pacall. Pacall, Pacall. If you haven't guessed yet, tonight we are reviewing and discussing the premiere of the final season of Star Trek Picard, The Next Generation. But few, uh, first, just a couple of reminders. First of all, we are a part of the virtual TrekCon this weekend. Uh, we're so excited to have a bunch of new folks here. Thank you for joining us this evening. Um, and if you check out the virtualcon.com, virtualtrekcon.com. You can check out the schedule for the rest of the virtual con this weekend. I know right after us live on YouTube, or it's a second premiere, is the art of Star Trek Picard and 90s Trek keeping the theme going. So, uh, Paul, I think there's some other reminders for those who might be joining us on the live stream for the first time. Yeah, like this is the this is the boilerplate. Like, you know, a reminder to listeners to, uh, to subscribe to our podcast at Apple, Spotify, YouTube, all links are at uh, StarTrekPod.co. And if you love the episodes or the content, please consider being a Patreon supporter for just $2 per episode at Patreon.com slash StarTrekPod. Pew, pew, money, money. Please, pew, please. Pew, pew. <laughs> and Clyde, how can people participate if they are watching us live on YouTube this evening? All right. So if this is your <clears> first <throat> time, we do something special here in Star Trek Pod. We want you to participate. So if you've got a comment, a question, you want to be part of the show, we just ask you to type capital P, capital O, capital D, capital Pod in the chat, and we'll take a look. Now, in a minute, there's going to be a special a special moment where we want to hear what you thought about the show. So we're just going to ask you if you want to share your impressions, your, hey, it's been a long time, I haven't seen, you know, Riker or Beverly, and here's what I thought, then you just type capital H, capital F in the pod. You'll know what we're talking about, capital HF, and we'll get to your thoughts on the show. Indeed. All right. Let's fire up this metaphasic shield and get into some... <laughs> it's time for some hot freaks. Uh, Clyde, what did you think of this episode? You know, I was really excited about this episode. And so um went in with uh, uh, some expectations. It's like, all right, what are we going to have? And I wasn't necessarily disappointed. I thought it had action. It had chips. It had nostalgia. Um, I mean, there was a lot. And then it had a, you know, what a Star Trek without a jerky anti-hero captain or admiral or somewhere in in you know hovering around we used to say this with discovery all the time so i'll just go ahead and say it now hey yo shaw mad sus shaw is mad Very sus. Sus. not not feeling that dude um but all in all it was great to see uh a lot of the band back together um in, in interesting ways uh i i will say the the rafi storyline i'm i'm not sure what i'm seeing yet not not feeling it. Shaw is sus. 
Shaw's Shaw's bringing it back. Paul, what did you think of this episode? Well, you know, I've I've been on record of saying that, like, you know, I'm a real what you call it, like, give me anything Star Trek kind of thing, and I'm, you know, and I have to say that watching this episode. It was awesome. <laughs> you, you got, you got like, you know, Beverly Crusher, like, you know, like it, it felt like a little bit like uh, opening up with a, like it felt like a Western with her, with her pump action, like, you know, phaser versus like, like Uzi phasers. You have, uh, you have the music. The music is just so nostalgia bait. And like, you know, and I, I know what you're doing, but I love it. <laughs> you know, it, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's all this, all this old time, like, you know, Star Trek music. Uh, and, you know, as far as Shaw, I agree no. to disagree. Oh, no. No, because, no, no. Like, like, imagine this. Like, you know, it's your ship. It's your Neo-Constitution class ship. New retrofit. And the old man comes in and says, hey, you know, like, let's do this. You know, no, no. I, I, I mean, I, I think, you know, don't misunderstand me. I love Picard. I love Riker. But like, if you know, all of Star Trek, all of Starfleet do they do not make. You know, like there are people who have to do like work, and no. like Shaw just strikes no. it as a, no, no. Uh, the, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen, I'm just, I, uh... I'm just, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. If you have a Saturday pickup basketball game, and this mm-hmm. is your squad, and you and your buddies run this pickup game every Saturday morning at the YMCA. I'm just going to tell you like this. Michael Jordan shows up at the gym and wants to run. You step back, right? Like, we're talking about Picard and Riker. Like, like, man, like, sit, like, da- like ha- sit to the seat next and be like, hey, what y'all want to do, y'all do. That's all my, I'm saying. My response to that is like, <laughs> they also have a habit of blowing shit up. <laughs> they make a mess. All right. And- we're going to dive into Shaw. But first, <laughs> I haven't given my hot break yet. Hey, wait, wait, wait. wait. Mariah, what's hot break? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for asking, Paul. I'm so glad that finally happened. Right. Um, I thought this episode was a like a bang-up job of a premiere. I think this is what uh, a lot of folks have wanted from the last couple of seasons of Picard. I do, I do get a little sad that we're going to miss some of the cast we've kind of learned to love at this point. Um, but I am excited to see what the returning cast is going to do. And I agree with you, Paul. The music is probably some of my favorite of most of the series. I think it's like an incredible job of of weaving in a lot of nostalgia with a lot of new uh, new themes that we've kind of come to know and love. And um, yeah, way to open up with just Beverly Crusher kicking ass. And I'm like, if this is going to tell me what I'm expecting for the rest of the season, I am in. Um, my only nit to pick in my hot break is Uh-oh. why a pump action rifle. Because what are you here. what are you pumping? <laughs> there's no, there's no, there's nothing. That's not how. Well, why? Well, you know why how, for like, a phaser? Like the the evolution of like you know the squirt gun was like you had a squirt gun and then you had the super soaker and stuff. <laughs> Could it be that like in the future in the 25th century, like pump action? equals phaser fire that's that's a miraculous technology or but why would you be able to shoot a phaser without pumping it and then all of a sudden need to pump action a phaser <laughs> maybe the point maybe, maybe that pump is giving it like a little extra juice right so it's not just like a stun like this is like i got you in one shot <laughs> 
Yeah, that's uh, I, anyway. Let's see what we got going on in the chat with some hot breaks. We've got a, quite a, a few popping out. We've got Chupi with. I was so happy to see they didn't write off Laris off the screen. I like them together so much. I hope he doesn't dump her. I think that's going to be the first and last time we see her. That is my official predictus. No, no they, did, we'll no. get her again. Very last episode. Did yes, you yes. see how she she's like? There was this moment where she yeah. she kissed him. And then it was like, it, it was like this pat, <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh, that's goodbye." Like that's no. Yeah. The, they they that's talk just, about they, they talk about they talk about the bar, right? She goes like, "There's this bar on the planet I'm at." Yeah, that's going to be the last scene exactly. of the whole series. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah, if, exactly. if he ever makes it, but, it but, yeah, it's like she might as well said, "If you could make it to the bar, like I, I'll know we have a chance. But if not, it's okay." Like, uh, let's yeah. see. Kian says, Hot Freak, love the episode, but not sure I like the idea of Crusher avoiding Picard for more than 20 years because she apparently had his son. Not confirmed if it is his son. She had a son. I think he is of some kind of special uh, experimental child, and that's hey. why these people are chasing. I'm, I'm going to say it like this. Gates McFadden is a lovely woman. I imagine that she could have had any number of suitors it does not have to be Picard's love child, mm -hmm. like everybody thinks. Like, yo, know, assuming that that she carried a torch for this man, and this is the only man she had a relationship with, not um, buying it. My, no. my 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 hot freak on that is like, th they haven't seen each other for twenty years, and the kid looks about twenty. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just doing math and biology here. Well, he looks TV twenty. I'm sure he's actually almost thirty. <laughs> He's like 34. So, yeah. he, so, he had, so she had a kid before Picard and her hooked up. There you I go. Mean, I'm listen, I just look, I, here's a crazy take. I don't know. It's Rikers. I'm just kidding. Um, who knows who this child is? We'll find out. We'll find out. We got lots of lots of hot freaks uh in the chat. I'm trying to see if there's any more I wanted to flag. Y'all got lots of good hot freaks in there, but mm -hmm. I want to dive into this discussion, which is this feels like the TNG cast undiscovered country moment. You know what I mean? Like well, this is the like TV formation of this. Yes. Okay. okay. I, I mean, the name of the episode is the next generation. So I, I expected it to have a, a very TNG esque feel to it. And so it, I, I agree. It does feel like, this definitely feels like a TNG movie to me. I like, like Ryan, do you mean Generations or Undiscovered Country? Undiscovered Country is where you had the, the warbird that can stay cloaked in fire. Uh, oh, I might mean Generations. Mm. Yeah, there, probably. There probably, yeah. yeah I no, wrote the, the wrong the, thing down. There's <laughs> the, 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 the torch, right? You know, the passing yeah. of the torch mm -hmm. or the passing of the the pump action phaser. The pump action oh. phaser. Correct. Yes. Um, I do. Yeah. Like I said earlier, I loved seeing Beverly kicking ass. I thought it was, uh, did y'all catch a lot of the, we got a montage of Beverly artifacts before we have her awaken mm -hmm. to the, sure, to sure. the alarm. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a ton of Easter eggs in this and oh, we can, so much, we can, so much. We can go over all of those at the end. Um, but I wanted to see how you felt. There's a line that Picard delivers about how he doesn't feel the need to have a legacy. And I was like, spoken like a true person who already has a legacy. Well, you know, if, if anything, 
Picard has this legacy privilege. Such legacy <laughs> privilege. I, I listen, it, I, I agree with everything that you guys are saying. Yeah. Like people someone who says, you know what, I don't need a legacy is they're they're really trying to show their humility while in their head they're saying, Man, I'm John Luke Picard. I run this piece. Like yeah. they know me. Like he, he he's such a name. He saved the universe time and time again. His 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 legacy is cemented. Like I, it felt like false bravado to me, or fa- false humility humility to me. Hmm. Yeah, I did think it was. Um, so Terry uh, Metalis has said that he was very inspired and wanted to do a Picard Riker Butch Cassidy Sundance Kid sure, vibe sure. for this season, sure. which I could definitely feel in their kind of witty. Uh, little banter back and forth forth moments they'd had in the many shuttle pods as they went back and forth, uh, uh, oogling the incredible visual effects on that space station and ship. I was like very impressed. It looked so good. (laughs) Yeah. No, no. It's the Neo, Neo constitution class. Like they they said that and I was going, "Hmm." yeah, (laughs) yeah. Uh, not the fat ship. Is that like a reference, y'all? Remember, did people call the their enterprise a fat enterprise? I was no, like, I have no, that, never that, heard. That is such disrespect, mind you. <laughs> disrespect. I was like, no one wants the fat ship. I was like, what is this? Is this like a thing I'm unfamiliar with? <laughs> well, I mean, I think the the thing that was really interesting to me about the Enterprise D. Um, and E for that matter, was just that this, it was a huge ship, right? Mm-hmm. Like the whole idea is that it had a massive, like, complement. I mean, it had a battle bridge. It had a, like, you could separate, which was a horrible idea. But, like, like this was a massive ship. When you think about Voyager, when you think about Discovery, when you think about all the other ships of, that, that we really see come after it, even Titan, these are ships that are smaller that have a much smaller complement. So I guess you could call it a big fat ship, but I, I'm with Paul. That's disrespectful. Like we're talking about the flagship of the United Federation of Planets, UFP baby, UFP. <laughs> I'm I'm with one Trek fan. Maybe it was fat. Is that they were trying it's a to pH. say? It's a pH. <laughs> so that I would agree with that. It was a fat ship. It absolutely was. Um, I wanted to kind of dig in a little bit to what we're setting up premise wise for the season so far. So we have Beverly with the distress call. We have sort of half of our known crew going out to try to rescue her via the Titan. And we will dig into Shaw and, uh, and seven of nine in just a second. But on the other side, we have Rafi who seemed in the beginning to be very strung out, but is instead an undercover operative of some kind or seems to be uh i wanted to ask y'all do you think she has been put on a mission that's guaranteed to fail and she's going to be the person who takes the fall or is she actually tasked with trying to fix this or figure this puzzle out yeah i i think from the moment that i saw rafi i was kind of like all right where are we going with this because again Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna lie she's probably not in my top 10 favorite characters. Um, I, I, part of me was just trying to figure out, is this real? Right. Mm-hmm. Is she, is she actually 
on a secret undercover mission or somebody just really screwing with her. And it's it's fake. Like, well, it seems like I, I think the chat is saying it I'm getting the vibe that they all think it's seven of nine is the handler. Ooh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Uh I mm. I, mm. I feel like seven nine's been pretty busy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's- pissed. <laughs> Yeah, she's she's got her own thing going on with. No, apparently I'm wrong. GP is correcting me. I don't know who then you all think the handler is. Worf, you think Worf is the handler? Interesting. That's a fascinating thought. Where did that come from? Isn't Worf like an ambassador? He's peaceful now, right? Uh, uh, From the trailer, like he's peaceful now. But isn't he? The last we left him, wasn't he ambassador to? Oh, that's right. Everyone's yeah, saying because but... you're a warrior, so oh. maybe it has to be a Klingon. Is that the vibe? Well, that's mm. that, that's not that's not stereotyping at all. That's not... <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's... <laughs> oh, see, this is where I was going. Uh, Glenn Iverson says I think the handle is actually a villain who helped prevent Rafi from figuring out the Red Lady. See, I'm trying to figure out is it is are they a villain or an ally? Are they actually yeah. on the up and up or somebody with ulterior motives? Like I, I feel like it would be so cool if there were a villain and like Rafi and then like uh, Picard and Riker have to go up against each other for a bit until they realize they're on the same team. That would be neat. But like, I don't know. Like, I feel like you're going to want to see everyone together soon. Mm-hmm. So I, I suppose, you know, that I, I'm, I'm going to take a guess that if it is, if we're going to go with like racism, like you know, and it is Worf. Then, then I assume like everyone's gonna be on the same page. Rather, like they have to. Right, the trailer makes it look like they're 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 together, right? Like Riker mm-hmm. and Worf are together. So like, uh, uh, but yeah. So I I I hear you. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I thought it. They definitely wanted to let us know that technology has been stolen from the Daystrom Institute. Mm-hmm. They said that multiple times for us to remember that that is what's happening. Hey, hey Mariah, right? Yes. Wait. You just you need to make sure that you understand that uh, portal technology has been stolen from the Daystrom Institute. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Portal deal. mining technology, mm-hmm. catastrophic in the wrong hands. Weaponized. Uh, it's a, yeah, it's bad. yes, very very bad. Which we did see. So it, it it is interesting to me that the clue led to something happening on the planet that Rafi was already on, which. I feel like maybe plays into what you're saying, Paul, is like it is someone who might be stringing her along or didn't want her to know in the right amount of time. I don't know. That's it just it felt too like neatly packaged that the thing happened in the same space that she was already residing. in. You know what I mean? I I guess I didn't understand that. Was was it the same space or was it just they just said sector blah, blah, blah. I didn't know she was in District six. Oh, okay. And then she said, set a course for District 7. Seven. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay. Um, and go. Yeah. Go now. Like, like hurry. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm just like, you know, I'm all about District 12 because, like, you know, like, I, I oftentimes myself volunteer as tribute. Oh, I was going to, what was District 11 with uh, the that alien South Africa movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know. Um, yeah. You're District 4? That one, sure. <laughs> I was like, I don't remember the name. Um, Linda brings up a good point. Was Dr. Soong at the Daystrom Institute? I mean, everybody was at Daystrom. Isn't that, made like, it. That's like, where we eventually first found Dr. Gerardi, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, 
Yeah. Like, like, like Daystrom is the MIT of the Federation, right? Yep. Effectively, like, you know, or DARPA. DARPA and it's where they go to, uh, you know, put away supercomputers. Maybe this was all actually a peanut hamper. And <laughs> well, you know, I, I would, I would, and the supercomputer from Lower Decks. I, I will start, Wait. I would Venmo like the production money if the, the, the villain is peanut hamper. Okay. I would, like, uh, I would so... truly die of happiness if it was peanut hamper. <laughs> So I see that two things are happening here. <laughs> One, we're going to have to take a shot every time someone says the word Daystrom Institute on this show. <laughs> and district two, nine, thank you. Thank you. Our, our people, uh, district, it's called our, it's district nine is a movie. Yes, yes, yes. Right. And then two, it looks like we're going to have to find a way to weave in peanut hamper into every series of Star Trek. A hundred percent. So I'm I'm waiting for us to talk about peanut hamper in Strange New World and peanut hamper in Discovery. Well, you know, the hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, peanut hamper is going to survive and make it back to Discovery. That, that, that that's my call. Yeah, nine hundred years of future. <laughs> And for strange new worlds, it's yeah. in like a mirror universe time yeah. travel episode. That's right. Like, like, like she she has survived the great the burn. You know, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, we're off. We're off the rails here. Just definitely a bit. not. I don't see why you don't understand. Peanut <laughs> Hemper is okay. a valid villain in the Star Trek universe and shall come back. Like we are, we are the Tom Paris warp ten right now. We're Tom. Par- we're everywhere at once. <laughs> okay. Peanut Hamper um, is officially my least favorite character in the Star Trek universe. Oh man, you, you her and Badgie are going to get together and just uh, <laughs> annihilate you, everything. You, that, 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 that's just that's just anti-artificial life form. So no, I, to I, all I, to all the listeners who are out there and people who are watching us in the pod for the first time, I really want to try and say that this doesn't happen. Like we don't get this off track every week but i oh, would be lying you to you <laughs> so don't want to lie to you we we, we, are, we are mostly funny never you. smart podcast. Yeah. <laughs> anyway accurate descriptions paul accurate descriptions <laughs> um all right so we have rafi kind of on this trajectory of a lot of death and destruction She's not having a good time. She is on the edge of something not great. So we shall see what happens over there on that side of things for her. Back on our main plot line, we have Picard and Riker coming onto the Titan. uh, And Seven of Nine, a.k.a. Commander Henson, is in charge. Um, What did y'all think of this concept that Shaw is making her go by her, like... He, he quote unquote human name right i i think that that is immediately when i realized that i'm just gonna say it shaw's an ass like right. to, that was like i don't know that there is a, a redemption arc from him for me because that seems so oppressive to say that because of whatever feelings you have to say all right you will be called this right, right. like you cannot be called by your name is I just I don't know that I'm ever going to get past that. It's also like he made that comment about like previous Borg folks at the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Ooh, someone's mad that the Borg are allowed in Starfleet." Well, only two. <laughs> only two. Well, Hugh, no, well, no, he was no, somewhere else. No, no, there are mm-hmm. two people, right? It, it, it's yeah. it's Picard and uh and Seven. And, and Seven. Um yeah, it's very it's 
I have feelings. It's, about it's problematic. It's problematic. It's, with it's definitely problematic. Uh, 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 and then uh, uh, like starting dinner before they arrived, very rude. That that, was, that, man, that, that was just like a baller. You know, that, 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 that was alpha dog is. It's the, my ship. No, no, I thought the the best small moment performance for me was when. He goes, I'm more of a Malbec guy. And Picard gives him like a death glare. Sure, and sure. I was like, there's true feelings behind that statement. <laughs> I mean, he listen. Okay, so you're anti-boar. While the shade at Riker, right? Huh. You're like, like you're well, throwing well, mad well, shade well, at he Riker. He didn't and- like jazz. He didn't like jazz. But, but like, but both of them have a reputation of blowing stuff up. And saving the world. But- blowing stuff up. And saving the world. But, but my, 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 my response to that is like, you know, if you had to flip a coin and one, you saved the world and the other one, you know, you put the world in great jeopardy. That's not like, like, for example, you understand that, like, in the, the series finale of uh, Next Generation, Picard causes the problem, right? I mean, I'm just saying, like Picard, caught, like, like you know, he jumps around and goes, like, "Oh, we got, we got fire that tachyon beam, fire that tachyon." In three different timelines, boom, he he does it all. And I'm not saying it's his fault, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. like, but you know, but there is this, there's this habit of like, Ugh. I, I feel like Shaw is someone who, in school, had to follow all of the rules because he wasn't charming or actually smart enough to like figure out ways to get around the rules. Does that wow. make sense? Well, I hear what you're saying, but wow. You're saying here's this person who 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 is not I'm cool saying there's enough. two paths to success. This is <laughs> them saying there are two paths to the same place. You have a Riker captain and you have a Shaw captain. Mm-hmm. You can either fully play by the book and no one likes you, but you do get everything done. Or you are a little bit more flexible with the rules because you understand that sometimes the rules need to catch up to where society actually is. hundred percent. So here, here's like, uh, this is, I'm going to go with my mini arc. So uh, very recently, like two weeks ago, oh, a week ago, uh, I watched chain of command, uh, the episode, uh, the two part episode uh, with my mm-hmm. wife, because she had never seen it before. Mm-hmm. And this is the, the, uh, the episode where, uh, Picard goes on a secret mission to blah, blah, blah. Cardassians capture him. Four lights. You know, there are four lights here. I have that shirt. I should have yeah. worn it. The, yeah, yeah, for yeah. you, Paul. I should have worn my shirt. And it's one of the best episodes. But, like, only recently have I watched it. And then, you know, like, you watch Jericho. And he is a jerk. Yes. He is a jerk. And you know what? He saves the day. He saves Picard. He saves everyone. Like, you know... In in that way, like you know, Starfleet, you know, awesomeness is not just reserved for Picard, Riker, and T- James Tiberius Kirk. Like there are there are we just don't get to see their stories. Like right. I don't like the way that Jericho handles his ship, but like he, you know, he truly, like you know, saved Picard's life. I, I don't know what to say to that. Like so, yeah. so, I, I mean, I hope. Shaw will prove us all wrong and he will have a similar transformation where because he follows the rules so closely, inevitably he will be the one who somehow saves the day at the end. Sure, sure. No, I'm I'm hoping he gets accidentally shot with a pump action rifle. (laughs) (laughs) You you, you see that? That's a snap judgment. One episode. Snap, snap, snap. The name thing, the name thing. Well, first of all, you take the name yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, prob- it's problematic. Absolutely. I, and I, that, I, so, so here's the deal. I don't care what you think about anybody. You got two, two basically diplomatic celebrities who join your ship 
and you purposefully start dinner without them, like there's really no like you, that's not an alpha move. That's a dick move. Like, well, I mean, do you think he really thought they were there for an inspection, or do you think he smelled the tomfoolery from a mile away? Exactly. To to go to that point, like these two people, legends they are, came aboard this guy's ship to trick him to getting. uh, (laughs) He's like, oh, I captain your old ship. uh, Your friend is my first officer. Why would you do an inspection before frontier day exercises? Like, 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 like he was right. You know, like these guys are trying to hijack his ship and they did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did. But, <laughs> but I think some, someone in, in the chat earlier had said, but even after all of that, he just tells seven to write up a report. He doesn't like toss her in the brig. He doesn't like say like tractor beam my shuttle back into my ship you know he seems kind of relinquished to oh no i have now been bamboozled into playing along with this these old men's last mission feels like the day's early i'm not giving him the benefit of the doubt that he's not gonna prove prove me wrong i will say this though like as far as from a writing or craft perspective i think the writers did an amazing job crafting shaw well, you need kind of a little bit of an antithetical, right? Like you need exactly. someone who's going to say no and exactly. throw some wrenches in your plot. Exactly. Uh-huh. And so like I go like, oh, regardless of whether my feelings towards Shaw, like, you know, the fact that he is by definition what a starship captain should be. <gasps> Just kidding. <laughs> but like, like it, it's a great contrast to uh, to the buddy buddiness of like Picard and uh and Riker, like I, I think, I think it's great. And- Listen, I don't disagree with you at all, Paul. I think, I think, I think he's written really well, and you know he's written really well because we keep talking about him. So 100%. I'm all for. It. But I agree with PW Gregory. With I think Shaw should have, if he was really going to be a G, like if you really wanted me to respect him, he he would have played the game a little bit better and going, okay, let's see where this goes before I shut these fools down. Well, do like, you think he is setting seven up for failure? I th- I think he is thinking past this and says, I don't like having a Borg in Starfleet and I'm going to find a way to make her mess up on her own so that I can just get her off my ship. See, here's to that. Like, you know, he has the ability to like, you know, go, I need, I want a different first officer. By the way, how long was it since, you know, since, uh, since season uh, two versus season three? Like maybe a year, two years? Like how does she go from cadet to... Well, to, I think to it's been, it feels like it's potentially been a bit longer. Okay, like, like how much longer would you say? I don't know, maybe five years. So you go from cadet to like first officer on a... <laughs> So, but I mean, the, if you have Janeway and Picard putting in all the good words for you to like skip and, up ranks, and do you see how, as as a captain, you might not be in love with that? All these yeah, people, yeah, hundred percent. This guy is mad, <laughs> or she is where she is, or you can look and go, man, Admiral Janeway and Picard, right? Like two legends in the game, like they co-sign on this person. Maybe I should give them a little bit more respect than I'm giving them. Or maybe he just feels small and threatened because, you know, Janeway and Picard are, are her homies, right? Oh, my God. Someone said, Harry Kim is still an ensign. I love that. 
<laughs> I love that. I, I, I love that. And, 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 and truth be told, I remember, like, you know, when it was still Lieutenant Tom Paris. Harry, Harry was still, like, Tom Paris went to jail and still was a lieutenant over Harry Kim. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I don't it's, know. Not, it's not perfect. <laughs> it's not. But I think, I, I think, um, you know, anyone who spends five minutes with seven of nine has to walk away and think she's going to be a hell of a captain someday. Right. And if you're too small to see it and want to participate in that development and not in a you have to bend to my wheel and be me, because those are always terrible leaders. Right. If, if you're a leader who goes, you have to do this my way, exactly how I how I do it. And you can't develop the person and see what their strengths are then you're an idiot. And that's where I think of Shaw right now is you've got seven of nine who could be an incredible asset to your team. Right. And you got to ride in the bench. I'm not, I'm just, no, like, I'm not feeling this dude. Like, He's uh, a firmly in clown status for me right now. Uh, clown, status. clown status. That's right. <laughs> like, I, I, like I said, like, you know, you see someone who's firmly entrenched <laughs> in the uh, Riker Picard culture. Like and I, I am too. I'm, I'm nice, Mariah. But like, but I'm just saying there, there are other alternatives. There are other ways of leadership. Like you know, once again, Jericho, not my favorite. Think he sucks. Save the day. Save Picard's life. So I don't think Jericho is a clown, right? Because Jericho had, Jericho came in and was like. And you guys need order. Like he was like, I'm, I am a tool, and I'm here for this particular reason. Look, right. So I don't. I, he was a he was a bit of a jerk and ag- and aggressive, but I didn't think he was a clown. Shaw is a clown. I I don't know. Uh, like <laughs> l- 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 it's it's early in the day. It's early in the day. I, I I'm gonna call my shot. By the end of the series, Clyde's gonna be like, man, I miss Shaw. Shaw saved the day. Oh my God, Shaw is the man. He started off rough, but boy, did he shine like a diamond. My call, I'm shoot, I'm, I'm, right there. Right. <laughs> Official predictus from Paul. <laughs> uh, um, I wanted to ask y'all: Do you think there's going to be any connective tissue between the potential terrorist group that Rafi is I- investigating and the people who are chasing uh, Crusher? Oh, has I, to I, be exactly. I think there has to be. Like you know, it, it would just be completely weird if it's like two separate storylines for the final season. Yeah. I, I think I think they're going to merge, you know, hopefully artfully, even clumsily will be fine. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think that somehow this is one big overarching kind of story. Do we, do we know if Seven and Ralphie are still dating? Well, she said to her fixer uh, drug buyer person that her girlfriend broke up with her. So TBD, if that's like a cover story as a mm-hmm. part of being undercover, or if they did break up, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little bit of rough waters with those two, just because they're both fairly stubborn. I imagine it's not all sunshines and rainbows, but I would love it to be. <laughs> it would be nice. I don't know. Relationships are complicated. <laughs> yes. Very, very true. What did y'all think about uh, the reveal of our pilot LaForge on the Titan? Uh, you go, Clyde. You go. You go. Uh, as you all, many of our long-term listeners know, I'm a huge Jordy LaForge fan, so of course I was for it. 
Um, I also love the fact that she is, she seems very different from Jordy, but she's in pretty much the same seat where we got to first see him. So before Jordy was kind of rocking the uh, engine room, the engine that that engineering gold, mm-hmm. he was a helmsman. Like he he was he was piloting the Enterprise, and so to see his daughter in that that spot just felt like it, it actually felt a little more right than I expected. Yeah, I did yes. like um, Crash LaForge, and then we get Riker giving uncle vibes um, very much when you bring like yeah, the embarrassing uncle, uncle. Yeah, who drops you off at school one day and is like, <laughs> have a good day, embarrassing nickname in front of all of your friends. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. It was, uh, oh, I um, it was cute. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I hope she's a, oh, she's the main character. I, ho- I hope this is just, just isn't uh, a lip service kind of thing. Yeah, I did think it was fun. We got small glimpses of everyone kind of on the bridge of the Titan. Um, I know in some interviews, like um, the um, Terry Metalis has said, you know, this this is definitely the closing of a chapter, but there is room to re-explore with some characters from where they're leaving this season. So it would be interesting to see them set up everyone and have a Titan series. I, I think no one would be mad at that. <laughs> uh, Clyde wouldn't be. Not at all. You know, I'm, well, here's the deal. I'm all for the Titan series. Like, I think that would be a great series. In order for that to happen... Again, Shaw needs to be accidentally shot, and then we're off to the races. But you don't think it would be interesting to have like a seven and Shaw kind of counterbalance each other, even after a potential reform Shaw after he learns to bend the rules a little bit? No, no, <laughs> no, no. Like, I, absolutely I, not. I want, I want, I want seven to be the captain. And I think you can bring a crew because th- the truth of the matter is we see a lot of faces on this bridge crew, but so far I don't know anything about them. Right. Yeah. We we know one thing we we've got seven, we've got Shaw and then we've got crash LaForge. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. So I think there's an opportunity here. And, and, and for one, I think having a Titan spinoff after this gold where you can bring in seven of nine and then you can mm-hmm. bring in a crew who we actually get to know and care about and love. I'm all for that. I'm watching it. Um, I wanted to ask y'all if you had any theories as to beyond the, the son of it all, why uh, Beverly and Picard have not talked for 20 years. Well, you know, because obviously Picard's a cheater. He probably was philandered on her and like, you know, probably. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. The, the, answer, <laughs> the answer is I have no idea. I have no idea. Like, some... I, I tend to think that Picard's bad with, with uh, maintaining relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, for Beverly, I think it feels personal. Like, I think, you know, I don't know. It's like a, I don't know. Like, honestly, if you ask me, do I have exes that I haven't spoken to in 20 years? Yes. <laughs> I mean, w- did we serve on a ship and almost get married and and were that close mm, for seven years or however long it was? No. But I can understand not wanting to reopen that wound, I think. But I think it's something deeper than that. I just, 
we have it hasn't been revealed to us yet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Assuming that Beverly doesn't die, I hope you will have that confrontation. There is no like I Beverly no is way. not dying in There's this first no episode. Um, I don't think she would have signed on to do it if she if she died within two episodes. Um, I do think it'll be interesting to see, yeah, how they resolve that resolve all of that and why she's cut off contact to mm-hmm. everyone because that was kind right. of Riker's point of like, you know, she hasn't talked to anyone. It's not just you. Uh, so I wonder what she has been kind of up to. I know there is reference to she's been doing some sort of doctors without borders type of situation and she's not trusting the Federation anymore. So it'll be interesting to see. I always I, I find it fascinating, especially in more new Trek that we've while we're in a utopian quote unquote society, right? Like we are seeing these dark underbellies about how it can't always be a utopia. And there are always going to be subsets of people who don't benefit from these systems as much as the others, right? It cannot be a perfect governmental system. Um, And I don't know, I just find it fascinating. So it'll be interesting to see how that kind of plays into each other. Mariah, how do you, how do you feel about that? Right? Like it it is a, it's a big departure, Mm -hmm. Okay, so look, it's one thing for us to look at Strange New World and then see um, kind of a, a very different uh, federation. It's another thing for if you if we go back to Discovery when they when it was a prequel, mm-hmm. right? And we're looking at the Orions and we're looking at all these things. But for many of us, when you think about the next generation and you think about Voyager and you mm-hmm. think about DS9, the federation was a utopian society it was all the things that 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 plague us and ill us had been dealt with now this re-envisioning a re-envisioning of the same time period they're undoing that oh everything's perfect inside the federation and there's this beacon and we're seeing that there's some real issues like if you think about it from what rafi has shown us is that even in the federation of the time period that we're used to there was still drug addiction. Mm-hmm. Like that's a that's a big thing for us to go from. No, we've dealt with all those things. There's no poverty to dr- to nope. At the very same time you're thinking of, there's been drug addiction. Well, I mean, I think it speaks to the idea that like with anything that has that much power, there is going to be corruption. Do you know what I mean? Because like mm-hmm. there is. I think there's always the goal of the utopian society and you can see how it is better in some ways, but it's like, who are they ignoring? What cultures haven't been integrated? You know, like not all of the planets involved in the Federation probably have equal say or equal voice into what's happening. Like there are definite power plays and dynamics. I think it's, uh, you know, at the onset of Star Trek in the beginning, it was alongside the same time as like the United Nations being formed, right? And it was this idealized version of a government that was this worldwide government, and, you know, kumbaya, we're all going to start finding ways to use diplomacy to get along. But even in this utopian society, like all of these ships still have ways to fight each other. These aren't like, you know, there's still weapons. This is still a very like naval feeling vibes. You know, there's still some sort of militarization happening here. So I think it's, to me, it's a smart evolution to say like, yes, there, the idea that anything could be a perfect utopia is still in the future. And there's like always room for growth, which I think to me is the heart of Star Trek. It's like, you should always be aspiring to be better. Like, even in, like, you know, DS9, 
there was the Orion syndicate that like you right. know like uh Jay, you know uh O'Brien kept on like you know being part of right mm-hmm. you know so and, and you know and there's section 31 where you know like you have all these aspects that like there's there's the top level of like here is here's perfect society mm-hmm. and then there's the under level of like and here's the sewer of society <laughs> and all the things that make this level possible and right. And and I do feel like, uh, I I'm with you, Clyde. I'm a little. It sounds to me like you're a little conflicted about seeing the non utopia plus, you know, uh, of our, you know, like of our next gen, like what you call it, of our experience. And and it's it's interesting because I think it's a great evolution. I don't know if I get the same feeling about it in the same way that I used to. Uh, when I watched uh, Next Gen for the first time, like you know, I, I don't, I don't even know if I could accept a clean version of society at this point. Yeah. Where, well, do you also hmm. think it might be like when you go back and reflect on a lot of like we go back and rewatch old episodes and like yes, there's those like idealized uh, theories and metaphors and like plot lines that the, we have, but we can all see the like societal. Hmm influences of the time that it has been made right like how and 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 how those things leak in and so i think it's you know like all good sci-fi is commenting on the state of the world today 100 percent. yeah you asked if i'm conflicted i don't know that i'm conflicted but you bring up a good point like also here's the interesting thing that that i i can't separate is that just as the series has changed and the world has changed I've changed, mm-hmm. right? Like, truth be told, I was a teenager, a young adult when when I was watching TNG and when I was watching Voyager and DS9 and the idea of an idealized world that that where I didn't have to deal with the stuff that that was that I was dealing with in the in the 90s was really fascinating. The idea that Here's a world without poverty. Here's a world without racism. Here's a world without sexism. Like that, that really appealed to me. Sure. 30 years later, am I a little bit more jaded? Am I a little bit more experienced? Yeah. And so would I sign up for uh, a series that said, hey, here's a world? Like, I don't know that I'd be drawn to it the same way. Yeah. No, me too. And and I've seen so much. We've all seen so much in the last five, 10 Mm -hmm. years. Right. That this feels like a show and and storylines that are more reflective of what we what we know, yet is still aspirational because we're looking at people fighting to overcome it, to save it. And and so I, I'm I'm conflicted, but I'm not the same. Mm-hmm. So to your point, Paul, I'm not even sure that I could accept like if if TNG came out today, could I be like, oh man, this is great? I'd be like this is so unbelievable. Like that never happened. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's a good question. No, it, it's, uh, I had a, a weird experience uh, the other day and this is going to minus sidetrack come back. Uh, I was driving and you know, that, that Dawson Creek song, like, I don't want to wait. Mm-hmm. My, you know, that came on and I almost cried. Not because <laughs> I love that song so much. It but, was Joey Porter. You miss uh, Joey. Yeah. I miss Joey. That's right. It's because, you know, uh, but because You're a big Casey fan, uh, stop it. <laughs> uh there, there was a no-win situation there it was a no-win uh, but i was going like oh i do remember a simpler time i'm not saying i would prefer that time 
But I remember Jeez. things were, were were simpler. And so I look at next gen, and every time I Although, watch, have you watched Dawson's Creek? Kirk, I have like, not. I, I, I <laughs> like have a not. rewatch. Uh, let's just say it's not as idealized, I think, as we all remember. <laughs> And simple. It opens with a student and a teacher having an affair. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my response was the time frame, right. not not right. not not the show. But mm-hmm. but Star Trek. I, I always when I watch when you know when I stress watch uh, TNG nowadays, it's just because I go like, oh, it's simpler. I don't watch you. You know, I I, I just watch. Oh, it's simpler that of course Picard is right. Of course, there's a right thing right. to do. You know, uh, and. I I feel like today's Star Trek uh, doesn't do that as much. You know, like I, I think Strange New World has a great balance of it. But I think Picard in this this season three is also hitting a balance that I like where it's enough realism where I go, this isn't fake. Or like, I mean, it's it, it has it has wormholes. So so it's mm-hmm. fake. <laughs> but like, but, like, but you like, know, like inevitably our heroes are going to be OK. And, right. Yeah. It's right. Like, it's the, the the right pinch of realism and the right amount of like idealism. Those two I mean, things. You you bring up a really good point. This very podcast kicked off with the pilot of Discovery, mm-hmm. and if we think about that in Discovery, Burnham was put in an almost impossible position. Right. There was a no win. Does she go on her instincts, which is very Picard Riker like, or does she go but follow by the book? Like that, there was a no win situation. And what we saw very different was we saw her go with her instincts and ultimately get demoted and put in prison for it, which we've never seen. And I guess that's to Shaw's point. Yeah. We've never seen um, Riker or Picard or Kirk ever really get taken the task for these outlandish acts that they've done. Oh wait, wait! Did you say outlandish acts? Did you just say that? I did. You admit that they're they're outlandish. <laughs> outlandish acts that save the world. Yes, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. At the end of the day, you go, "Wow!" You say you you don't go. You know what? Thank you for saving the world. I'm now going to put you in jail. You say thank you for saving the world. Man, I wouldn't have done it, but you did it, and I appreciate that you did it. Congratulations! Here's a medal, and you move on, and you thank them for their service. Uh, to, to, to just the minor thing in the gambit, you know, where uh, where uh, Riker and Picard and like, you know, uh, find that Vulcan artifact at the very end, you know, like uh, Data goes like, well, uh, Commander Riker, you you've committed uh, mutiny and like Picard goes, well, I'm dead. So I'm going to go to sleep. And then like you know, Data takes Riker to the bridge and it goes. <laughs> I was just joking. I was just joking. But like, you know, it keeps it going. So. <laughs> oh, man. Um, there were quite a number of Easter eggs in this episode. I was trying to just hit on a couple of them, but uh, I'll let y'all know that Den of Geek has a very uh, mm. comprehensive list if you all want to check it out. Um, so this episode opens up with in the 25th century, which is obviously a callback to the Wrath of Khan, which starts with in the 23rd century. Um, And then we also hear a few notes of the first contact score uh, as the episode starts. And what's interesting um, is each season of Picard has started with a different sort of classic standard. Mm -hmm. So this one is, I don't want to set the world on fire. Um, Prior to that, there was blue skies and season two was time is on my side. Um, So what do you think is, 
if there was a theme to be pulled from Blue Skies season one, time is on my side season two, to I don't want to set the world on fire season three, what what do you think they're trying to say with our song selection choice? I, I think this has to do with like the, like we talked about legacy, right? Like you mm-hmm. know, like is it going to be my, am I are the things that I'm going to do going to set the world on fire? Like, you know, like, so like in, in that way, like, you know, I assume that that's what it's about. Just very literal like that. So I'm going to stop talking now because I obviously don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I thought it, it, it was interesting because like this episode almost opened up the exact same way as season one, episode mm-hmm. one, which sure. is like, just like shots of space with a standard playing. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah, just yeah. like, wait, did I start playing exactly, exactly the wrong episode? But then I was uh, like, no, this isn't blue skies. Um, so that, yeah, Chippy and I did the exact same thing. Uh, that definitely happened to me as well. Um, I was trying to see if there's any other like bigger, oh, so they're talking about frontier day which I have not heard in any other series as being a holiday that mm-hmm. we're sort of aware of. I've heard of Picard day. There's also the day where they kind of honor all of their fallen, you know, past shipmates that we had in strange new world. Um, but apparently what it has here is frontier frontier day commemorates 250 years of boldly going. Um, but this is not the birthday of the Federation, uh, which is younger than Starfleet because the Federation was founded in 2161. Um, and Starfleet predates the Federation by several decades. And so if season three takes place in 2402, uh, it means it's celebrating something that happened the year of uh, 01 Enterprise, either 2151 or 2152. Any thoughts on what it is? This isn't like celebrating um, Cochrane and discovering like the warp no, signature, wow. the first contact with the Vulcan. That's first contact day. First contact uh, day. I, I think this is probably like like Starfleet is is a is a Terran based, an Earth based thing, right? It started that mm-hmm. way. And then after that, like uh uh the United Federation planets came after like in season mm-hmm. four of uh of archers like enterprise. So like, mm-hmm. I imagine this is the inception of humans going out into space. Oh yeah. So according to memory alpha, uh, I was just looking at the same. Yeah, <laughs> there is, uh, there is the first starship to use warp five engines, opening up new exploration from earth a- enterprise in Columbia, baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was also when we first make contact with the Klingon empire. That's interesting. Same year big year <laughs> well, well what, what happened when uh, the klingons crashed onto earth yeah and then we have our encounter with the ferengis um yeah all kinds of stuff going on in that year so i guess we'll see what this frontier day exercises my, my are my friend clyde said Arch, archer was the best captain by far hands oh, down it, it, listen <laughs> if, if you were, if we don't need to go time, into we don't need to go into captain slander on this show listen, guys we got a lot of we're really gonna I'm turn saying, away a bunch <laughs> I'm just saying, if you are new here, don't believe that. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We can stick around. Come back. Come back, and you'll understand all of the the inside 
feelings that I have for Enterprise. Oh, all the have- inside feelings. Um, any predictions to what you all think is going to happen in our in our next episode? Are we going to get Beverly out of the fridge? Yes. Maybe. I, I don't know. Like, I assume that uh, that like that 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 ship, whatever that that ship is, you know, the, the mean looking ship. It looks the, like, doesn't it look like the Romulan ship yeah, from exactly. Kelvinverse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 mm-hmm. the, the front half. The Shitar or something like yeah. that. Yeah, this like, you know, like, uh, I, I'm assuming that with the warp drive offline and that they don't have a Jody LaForge on, like, Beverly's ship. Yeah. That the Titan is going to come help them. I if have to assume That's what I would assume as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, so yeah. there'll be, a, and in the trailer, you saw the Titan fighting that, that ship. <laughs> <laughs> so you know it was a trailer so i don't know what to say other than that but like uh i think it'll be interesting i, I assume that shaw will save the day you know mm-hmm. like like uh <laughs> i just need to see clock's reaction no no uh, and uh but yeah so i i i assume i assume that like because i didn't see two ships that this ship is going to not make it I, I'm expecting Picard, Riker shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm expecting a space battle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am expecting more old people on the bridge. Old people. Yeah. I'm so. ready to ready to see, I think, uh LaForge and the the whole LaForge family together on a ship. I'm I'm here for their little get together. Listen, ever listen. If you've watched the show for for a while, you know I love a good team up. I mm-hmm. love a good team up. I'm waiting for it because with all the artwork, I'm expecting at some point we're basically going to have the entire senior staff minus maybe Deanna, um, and then maybe Deanna. I'm expecting we're going to have the entire senior staff at some point on the bridge of the ship. Yeah, me too. I don't know if it'll happen next episode, but it's definitely no, happen not not later. not. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot to pull off in the next episode. If they did that, I'd yeah. be disappointed. I did but, want to... But I think we're going to start collecting them. Yeah, for sure. Like I thought it was interesting to have Riker sort of maybe hint that there's trouble a-brewing at home in his marriage and family when he's like, yeah, they would, they'll be happy I'm not home. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, I, 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 I would be, like, with those bad dad jokes and, like, Crash? Isn't that what they call it? Not able to read the room. Too that's, many that's, bad dad jokes and not enough pizza. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Like, like I would say my my biggest like you know like hmm moment is like I didn't feel like uh, Jonathan Frakes consistently hit the Riker tone. Hmm. I felt like it it jumped between Jonathan Frakes and Riker. It's having just a little too much fun with it in a way that uh, I don't think everyone else didn't break character right Hmm. so it's it's i think that's that's an interesting point paul and i think it's hard because again it's been a long time and frakes has done a lot of stuff between donning riker it does feel more like frakes right i mean like Um, he he was riker like in in season one mm -hmm. you know i i felt so so. i still thought he was a lot of frakes actually oh I, i I, I I hear you. I hear the word. Maybe maybe Riker is just more frakes as he ages. It could be. It could and be. And that's what I while. think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a lot. I'm waiting for the. As soon as I see him take a seat on a chair in a perfect Riker way, then everything will be fine. I guess you know. 
Like, just just sit there and then all of a sudden, like, you know, like, tucking his shirt. <laughs> I mean, to to the point, like, it's been a long time. And I think when we when we left the Enterprise, Riker was a, he was number one. Mm-hmm. He was a, he was a, he was a second guy, right? Um, since then, in real life, he's become a boss. Like, he's become the top guy. And even in Star Trek canon, when you look at the books and stuff like that, he's a top guy now. Mm-hmm. And so I think we're seeing a different Riker. We're seeing a more mature Riker. We're seeing an older Riker. I think we're seeing a Riker who who looks at Jean-Luc Picard as an equal and not as a, a mentor anymore. Right? And so I think we're seeing something different. And I'm for it. It's just the Riker tone is a little bit different than it was back in, in on, on in TNG. We shall see. We shall see how they all grow with their age as we get to revisit all of these characters. Um, it'll be it'll be interesting for sure. Anything else you want to talk about before we sign off for the evening? Well, just you know that I'm, I'm a really big fan of how this is going. The pilot star banger introducing you know the new protagonist of the Star Wars series, like Captain, like uh, I knew it. Yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> Captain Sus. Captain Sus. Captain Sus. Captain Sus. Okay. Uh, Anything from you, Clyde? Um, I'm interested to see how we've got these these two main storylines right now. Mm -hmm. We've got the storylines in the ship, kind of in the edge of the Federation space. And then we've got this thing going on with uh, Rafi and her handler. I want to know who her handler is. Mm -hmm. Right? I want to see that coming together. I think we've we've heard... uh, there's a couple threads that people in the chat have mentioned today, right? Like we've dismissed a couple of them. People say, uh, Worf is the handler. There's this discussion of who is this kid and who's his, who Mm -hmm. is, uh, you know, Beverly Crusher's baby daddy. Um, you know, is it some John Doe? Is it somebody out there? Is it Picard? I want to know. And I'm curious how soon we have to wait to get some of those answers. Will it be the next episode? We shall see, and we will be talking about it again live wait, next wait, week. Wait. Oh, yes. What if Shaw is the handler? I don't think he is, but sure, Paul. <laughs> it's a good one. Though. That was a good one. It's a good one. It's a good. It's a good, it's a good theory, Paul. It's a good theory. Um, but as I was saying, we will be back next week to talk about. Um, I think it's just next generation part. The next generation part two. I think is next week. Um, we will be back with another live stream uh, and review. You can subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on Apple, as well as find links at StarTrekPod.co to everywhere you can listen, as well as to our Patreon. Clyde, where can people find us on Twitter? You can always find us at Star Trek Pod on Twitter. Shout out to Karen who runs our Twitter. Thanks, Karen. We appreciate you, Karen. Ooh. Thank you all so much for joining us tonight for Star Trek Discovery Pod. We will be back again soon. Live long and prosper. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone.